Hello and welcome to the Eurovision for Real podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Michelle. I'm not alone today, but you know what? Like, I love a theme song, so we're just, we're gonna have to like kick off with the pod theme song. Eurovision for Real with Alicia Michelle. <laughs> Okay, we are back, and I said I wasn't alone, so go on and introduce yourself. It's another person from the Eurovision fam team, and it is our social media expert guru, the man behind the keys, our digital thumb warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. It's Augusto here. Hello. So glad to have you all the way from, you got to say it the cool way. Dominican Republic. Oh, I love it. I love it. The DR all the way from the DR. Okay. And today is going to be a really exciting episode of the Eurovision for Real podcast because we're still sort of in our speculative and I, I, I say speculation sometimes has a negative connotation. I'd say this is the conversations of dreaming, yes. of, of hope. Yes. You know, yeah, I mean, like, this is the, this is the good part. And we're talking all about the national selections that we're excited for. Now we're previewing the national selection season because we're still like surfing in a piddly, what, 31 confirmed countries for Eurovision yes. yeah, 2024? Um, What's going on? What do you think is going on? So right now we have about 30 countries confirmed. I think we got 31 now. I think we are at, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. I think 29. Yes. 29. 29 yes. countries. Man, we're not even at 31. Good Lord. Ugh. So. I was getting hopeful. I was getting hopeful. I thought, I, you know what it is? I think I thought in my mind, I thought that Greece was confirmed. I thought so too. I thought Greece was confirmed and I, I vaguely recall Poland getting like confirmed, but they're not. I, I just was listening to whispers on the internet of hopeful fans. But yeah, Augusto, what do you think is the holdup this year? Why? Well, and maybe there is no holdup, but what do you think? Probably every single country that will participate at Eurovision 2024 has already been, has already signed up. The thing is that we have 29 countries that have made their confirmations public. The rest will soon find out when the EBU drops the participating country list in a few weeks' time, probably November, Christmas, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that I'm I'm feeling like, yeah, the EBU, you know what actually I think is good is if the EBU wants to continue doing sort of the country reveal thing, then yeah, like then maybe hold your cards close to your chest. And then when they have the reveal, we get this sort of like splashy PR feel to it because we are going to be having a season with not a lot of splashy PR reveals. And I don't know how you feel about it, Augusto. I'm sort of feeling like, 
I think we might have needed a little bit of a breath because I feel like, you know, it was the contest getting shut down. Then it was like, okay, we're back in Rotterdam again. So it was like, we're back. Yay, yay, yay. Even though we're kind of back because, you know, we still have COVID. It's still a thing. Um, and, and then it was like, okay, like Italy won. But it's like we're still sort of living in this weird space. And then, of course, we had the unfortunate events um hit Europe you know and then it was like last year it wasn't you know I feel like we have not been back in like Eurovision regular season so this is kind of like our first potential I don't want to jinx it but this is like our first potential Eurovision regular season what do you how are you feeling about maybe a more mellow road to Eurovision and and pun intended a more mellow (laughs) <laughs> road to Eurovision. I I am on the same boat as you are. 2021 had 90% of confirmations within one month of the cancellation. So it was like between April, May 2020, almost everybody was a lock and we didn't get active until December, January of 2021. Then for 2022, it started slow, but by the fall, Names were dropping, names were dropping, songs here, songs there. The unfortunate situation blows up and changes everything for 2022. 2023 was by proxy deferred, was weird, but with a sense of some normality into it in, when it came to COVID. But this year, I totally get the feeling that will be the first one post-COVID that will feel the most normal. A random drop name in the su- in the middle of the summer, and then by October, November, we will start getting more information. But by the way things are looking out to be shaping themselves to be, hopefully by Christmas we will get a little bit more detail, and by January it's boom, 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 boom until March comes. Yeah, and, you know, we probably need this. I think people need to take a little bit of a breath. I think people need to reset their minds a little bit for this contest, and I think we're actually going to get the opportunity to do that. Now, for some people who might be here at the pod, the Eurovision For Real podcast, you know, for real, uh, you might be kind of asking yourself, like, national selections, national selections. So I'm going to read this according to Wikipedia, because, you know, we we come here with the facts. (laughs) I remember when Wikipedia was like, you can never cite that as something, and now it's just everyone's like, yep, nope, it's Wikipedia. We're saying it's verified. Anyway, national selections refer to the process in which the broadcasters of the countries participating in the annual Eurovision Song Contest select the artist and song that will represent them in the contest. Two principal ways for broadcasters to select their entries are open selections, national finals, and closed selections, internal selections. So since the introduction of semifinals in 2004 um, and the rule of the big five and everything, um, you know, uh, so some countries have now alternated between national finals and internal selections. But, you know, for the purpose of this conversation, you know, we're going to be talking about the national selections that we think are likely to occur. So although um, we haven't heard any news about FIC yet, a.k.a. Albania's national selection, 
uh, we can still kind of talk about the national selections overall that we are excited for. And, okay, Augusto, you're going to have three that you can pick, three that you really are looking forward to, that you will be following heavy. So go on and kick it off with your number one. What is your number one national selection you are so hyped for this year? After traveling to that country earlier this year, my bias for them could not be made any bigger. So, que no vamos para venidor. Spain, you're my number one. It's by default. Language, cultural proximity. Um, Madrid treated me very nicely back in April when I visited for the pre-party. Want to repeat the trip in the future. And yeah, Benidorm is my number one. Okay, and do you think Benidorm is going to have, like, is it going to be competitive this year? Do you feel like we're going to have multiple options for Spain to pick from? Or do you feel like there's going to be kind of like maybe a dueling race between two, like, two participants and songs? Or do you feel like it's just going to be like, the path is clear, there will be one song, and it will emerge? So, in two editions, we don't have that much leverage for us to make comparisons of what we can predict the the pattern of voting will be. However, every year, the past two years, Spain has had at least two to three options that were that become that would be very viable at Eurovision, regardless of where they end up they they made it up in the big competition. But at least for look for making the country look competitive and feel competitive, they had two to three solid op- options each year. Like 2022 had Raiden, Rigoberta, Lastancho, Chanel. Great. This last year, they had Blanca, Vico, Agone. And that's probably it, to be completely fair. Well, let's say, because that is probably it from last year, because I'm going to be real with you. Benidorm let me down a little bit. Studio cuts, I was bumping. First reaction, I was bumping. And then I had to see it live on the stage and I was like, dear God. So like, where do you feel like Benidorm maybe needs to improve? Like, I mean, do they have like audition? Like the people should be singing these songs. It can't just be studio cuts submitted, right? They submit those. They submit demos or full completed songs, I believe. Some of the changes that RTVE themselves have spoiled us over the summer for 2024 include a songwriting camp. Hopefully, the songwriting camp that, in my belief, apparently happened just last week, like the week before we recorded this episode, um, does provide them a good one or two good songs to be featured in Benny Dorm. We will not know the complete lineup for Benny Dorm Fest 2024 until the week of, of the Latin Grammys this November. So we will know who, who will be there soon. I know that at least musically, TVE secured themselves two good names in the mix. Raiden is now one of the assessors. So he, in that man, I trust. He he's great. 
I I was actually rooting for him and the fandom was I didn't feel like the fandom was really behind him and I was like y'all this is an entry that could do well like he, it could have I think it could have done well at Eurovision I mean like Chanel was good like don't don't play you know they pick right but I was like I would really like to see this guy represent Spain because it was giving me something modern it was giving me something cool it was giving me something adult like I was feeling him so I was happy about that staff shakeup but we know that they had some other staff shakeups happening in Spain so Augusto could you tell me a little bit and tell the folks a little bit about your thoughts on this staff shakeup that happened with Benidorm Fest to keep it cute and classy it wasn't necessary they did not have to shake up the delegation the way they did but I, from what I can tell, what I was able to gather, there were some conflicts of interest and, e- and personal egos in the mix. So that's what contributed into the shakeup that was, again, unnecessary. Um, I think that after Chanel, RTVE did learn their lesson. They know that with Benny Dorm, they have given an artist a hit of the summer two years in a row. So even if you don't win, if your song clicks and hits Spanish radio, you got hit of the summer. Tell that to Rigoberta, tell that to Vico. Noche Entera is the bop of the summer in Spain. They'll still bop into it to this day. Um, What I do think that RTVE needs to fix probably should be more of the production of the shows. Like the two years, the semifinals and the final have been kept huge, short and simple, less two hours tops. But we need a little bit more of better fluidity on the shows, maybe the staging, if the network can support those who do not have the budget, give them a budget, help them out a little bit, Maybe that. So that will be my only suggestion for improvement. Help those upcoming artists that may not have a budget to set up a performance, help them out in the process. Okay. I like it. You know, Benidorm, I'm definitely checking for it, but I I don't know if I'm going to dip too deep in only because that is one thing I will say. This would be my critique for Benidorm Fest it was hard to watch. Like it was hard. And when I say hard to watch, access, watching it. Uh, so I, the people are here. We're hype for it. But you got to make it easy for us to watch. Just put it on YouTube. You can put ads on it. You can put ads on it on YouTube. And we're watching them ads. We surely are. So yes. I'm just, that would be my only thing is y'all got something special here. Share it with the world. Okay. Yes. Share with the world because we watch and we want to see it. Oh, yes. Totally. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we got your number one with Spain, Benidorm Fest. Okay. What is the second national final selection that you are really clocking for, that you're excited about, that you're like, oh, I have to hop into this and get into these songs? I have my ups and downs with this particular selection, but... Also because of cultural proximity and accessibility for me, because I can watch it on TV as well. Sanremo, Italy. Okay, a popular one. 
a lot yes. of people tune into San Remo. Obviously, Italy has the special sauce. They've been having it for years. And I will say I am very happy that the Eurovision, I would say, elite, a.k.a. the juries, have finally realized that they look so wild and crazy not giving Italy points. Now, to be fair, as much as I will get into that three-minute version of du- of Duvite, I didn't think it needed that many points this year. But because of, I will say, because of the way that Italy has been treated, I take it. Because to me, this was almost like our bad. We've been messing up for years. Go on and have it. So I, I, I accept it only because it felt like the mea culpa. Because here's, here's the truth of the matter. The Sam Ramos songs have been burning up the charts in Europe for years. And, and years. particularly, and, and particularly, I would say, in the last maybe like seven to eight years. The last seven to eight years, I feel like... You know, the rest of Europe is sort of like, okay, Italy is doing something with this music scene. They've got some dope artists there and they're giving variety, you know? Yes. Uh, The challenge I would lay to Sam Remo, though, is and as much as I like Sam Remo and I do like the kind of put it on, let it ride, peek over when there's a song you like, you know, disregard, do some laundry, you know, make some dinner, come back to it. Like, oh, I like this song, bop a little bit. I like kind of the marathon quality of it all. I'll be real. I I think it's, it actually, I, I like, but I, I, but I have to say like, there is something and I do wonder if in maybe five, seven years time, if they don't shake things up now in five, seven years time, if if San Remo then becomes too, too formal and then possibly a little bit out of touch with whatever the voting public and I mean televote of Europe is like feeling. I feel like there is something in that process that if it doesn't get shaken up in the next like two years, that then they could find themselves a little bit like behind the curve. Uh, so my hope this year is just that, yeah, we maybe get something a little bit different because the thing is, Sam Remo has it. They have the variety. They like, they've the variety. Got, oh yeah, like they've, they've got, they've got it. So it's just, but I do think they've been picking in a trend a little bit, not too much, but like they've been picking in a trend. And even if you look at Monoskin, which I think was somewhat of a phenomenon, which has been proven by clearly their long term international global success that they have had yes. that has been relatively sustained. So Monoskin might have been not necessarily uh, the cultural shift to then change the contest it might just have been a it might have just been a blip i hate to you know it might have just been a blip for san remo i think yeah but i mean but they've got this year they've got this year and maybe this year we can see I, i i i will have the microscope for this and next year and if i if they don't shift this or next year and give people something i think a little bit different then I do wonder just how that'll change their trajectory at the Eurovision Song Contest. I don't know. What do you think? I do agree a lot with what you're saying. Italy needs to shake things up a little bit when it comes to San Remo. They have the quality and the variety unlocked. They bring out the best of the Italian music scene from people in the peak of popularity to the husbands of yesteryear. 
and everybody competes in team conditions, and anybody can win. Um, some years, San Remo is unpredictable. Some years is completely predictable. Like it happened this last year, 2023. Like as soon as Marco was announced, everybody's like, he won, he's gonna win. And effectively he did pretty, pretty comfortably. So I think they need more monoskins in the mix. They need more acts like Mahmoud when he went solo. More of that trend that gives you modern, but gives you as well straight up Italian realness, like Italianness into the mix. Because although Maniskin was blasting rock out on that stage in Rotterdam, it felt very Italian rock. It didn't feel like like attempt of being, of being of another culture. Yeah. Like we saw in 2023 with certain countries from the Caucasus, from the Caucasus, uh, Caucasus. Yes. Um, so, you know, it, it feels very true to them. I wish the shows were a little shorter, especially the final. Like I get, I have the, I have Rye International on my cable, on my cable system. It starts at about three time and the show easily ends by nine o'clock at night. Too long. It's a long show. Actually, let's have a little diversion too because everybody on the internet is talking about how Espiter is talking about shortening the grand final and they're even saying they'd like to try and figure out how to do it by an hour for the Eurovision grand final. What are your for, thoughts on that? When it comes to shortening the final, for, I can give you 20, 30 minutes. An hour would be too much. And I think that what they can trim the fat is on the way the points are presented to make it as seen as possible. Um, and also when it comes to televoting, if you want to make televoting an hour, we could go back to the 2010, 2011 system where the televoting opens at the beginning, closes 10, 15 minutes after the last song. They can you do one, two intervals, and then we go to voting. And then you can trim about 30, 40 minutes of show without ma and making televote and giving people enough time to make a decision, for example. But... An hour could be too much, especially when you have 26 songs in the mix. Like, even when we had the 24-song contest back in 2004, 2007, the show was lasting easily three and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, even when we had less countries participating, it was still a relatively long final. Now, we have made some changes and improvements to the show where they finessed it a little bit more. I'm in between on the length of of the grand final. I'm kind of like, it just shouldn't feel like four hours and it shouldn't feel like three hours, to be frank. Uh, and to be fair, I think that that pacing of the show comes down to the songs and the staging that we end up having. Yes. That's like probably 45% of it. But I'd say the other side of that is like the skills of your host. 
and and intervals even. I mean, and to be fair, like the intervals always feel like fluff to me. Like, I'll just be real. Like most of the intervals, I'm kind of like, I'd rather almost have my hosts doing like a variety show or just like acted out skits of Eurovision other than like flying in people. Even sometimes like the past participants coming back, I don't love because I'm like, I just care about the other people who just got on the stage. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, I yes. care about, like, the 26 that were, like, performing on the stage. I don't really care about the rest of y'all. And I'm just waiting for these points. So anything kind of feels like fluff to me. And the few times where I feel like it has not felt like fluff, like, Liverpool was an engaging show. Yes. And that was apparently the longest one we had. But, like, I was breezing through that one. That one didn't feel too heavy. And I would also give, I mean, obviously, 2016 felt like a lovely stroll through the park. I was so sad when it was over. It was like, that's it. It's it's done. <laughs> like, yes, we can't. And there's just no more. And now I have to wait a whole year um, like for this feeling again. So I think that was a breeze. So I, I think some of those things. But OK. OK, so you said Sam Ramo. So do you feel so you're looking forward to Sam Ramo this year? I am. I am. So are you saying that because you feel like you just want to enjoy the show or do you actually feel like San Remo is going to give us something top five again? Do you think they will be top five again? Probably. Yeah. Italy is the luckiest country of the big five. And it's not, and there's luck. Are we saying luck? I don't think it's luck. They're, I think they're putting in the effort and they're giving like quality. And I also think it is because they're not trying hard. They're like, this is the song we picked. We think it's dope. Here's the artist. Like most of the time, the artist actually wrote it. <laughs> so it's like, this is literally them and their song. And like, we're going to get them on stage. You know, one thing that Italy did this year that I so deeply appreciate appreciated was Italy actually like gave Marco some staging and styling. And yes. I know there were some people who were talking like, did we need the sparkly top? Yes, it's the Eurovision con- it's like song contest. You're not going to the mall, sir. Like, give me an outfit. Give me styling. So, like, I appreciated that. And then some people were like, oh, like, well, did we need the trampoline dancers in the back? Yes. It's the Eurovision it song fun. contest. It, it, it was good. And it wasn't distracting. Like, to me, if it was distracting, Okay, like, no, we didn't need people like, you know, rolling across the floor and stuff like, but to me, it was a very subtle, like way of interpreting the song and just giving me something visual outside of Marco and his beautiful arms and face. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm like, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. And that is one thing that I'm like, if Italy wants to go again with the guy in the ballad, they've now proven to me that you can do, that they will do the guy in the ballad, but and then elevate not it. and elevate it and not lunch it with the staging package. So just saying, I I appreciated that. I was actually gonna head the exact same direction you just you just went. Um, they're lucky because of consistency. Like their hard work is putting it's giving them results um i also appreciated what they did for staging in 2023 like they finally staged a ballad nicely instead of just the singer the song and that's it like it happened to marco 10 years prior so um i think italy can easily give us another top five song they always look for the best of the best 
even with the husbands from yesteryear. The songs are also pretty good, are pretty listenable. So, yeah, I'm confident that Italy can pull it up again. They've been top 10 almost every year they've been on since they came back in 2011. They have only missed top 10 twice in over 10 years. Well, and they deserve they deserve it, okay? All they the they deserve it. And again, I did think they got too many points last year, but I was okay with it because of all the times that they needed them points. Yes. And then and deserved them yes. points. Yes. And did not receive them. Okay. Okay, so that was your second. So we had it we had Spain, then we had Italy, so Benidorm, we had San Remo, and now your third. What you talking about? Who are you checking for? Oh, it's very easy. It's a neighbor to my number one. And for the last couple of years, the playlist of their selection is a fixture on my playlist. Portugal. Festival da Canção. Of course. They're going to think I prepped you just to say this. <laughs> because I do think I do think that there is a strong subset of the Eurovision fandom that just doesn't get it but i would say not just doesn't get it i just feel like they don't want they to don't get want fpc to. i just think they don't want to and i'm like just dive in head first into the play in my opinion just dive head first into the playlist i love that portugal always risk it every year and they are like the Ugly duckling, weird national selection. Give me the weird. I love it. Give it to me. Give it to me more every year. They give us different types of genre, music genres every year. Now they're mixing English with the Portuguese, which I welcome and I appreciate. But Portugal, since Salvador, they now found, they now click. And that's the reason why the last couple of years, They've always made it to the final, and they've performed pretty decently, including a top 10 in 2022 with a ballad that performed third in the final, and it ate your favorites in the jury. I mean, it did. <laughs> I, I think also, too, I have to say, you know, when we look at, because I, I think Motto is a little bit the exception to the rule. Like, I think Motto is, like, I think people kind of forgot that, like, she was kind of already known, I, yes. I think, in some, like, music circles. So I think that was, like, one thing, like, that people just, yeah, that people kind of forgot. Or And I would say, like, I kind of downplayed because I just was like, y'all don't want to be checking for Portugal. So, I, you know, I'm going to be nervous for it because y'all just are, like, almost aggressively, <laughs> like, trying to ignore its presence. And I will also say I was one of the few people that I saw a pathway for Portugal in 2021. I was like, there's no song that sounds like this, like love is on. And I was like, all they have to do is stage it. And they did. And they did. You know, I was like, all they have to do is stage it. I was like, because it's different. It's going to stand out. And they did. And it worked out. So this year with Portugal, and this is the key, I think, with FDC that does make it I think very a la San Remo in a sense. And honestly, now I'm beginning to like think maybe Latvia's on this same kick too. Where I and Latvia, I think I, I have to say like eh, maybe kind of like I don't want to put them fully in this bucket. But I think that no one can deny that when it comes to Portugal 
And when it comes to Italy at Eurovision, I don't think that those people are really composing for Eurovision. I think no. the people are just making music. They're Period. just making music and then they happen to enroll it into this, you know, application. I think Portugal's sort of we're going to invite certain like songwriters is yes. so mm. smart and I think it is something that some other country should consider instead of like just asking the art like ask the songwriter and then let the songwriter kind of pick who they want to see like interpret it and they do have a portion of it that is open submission like Mimi Cat was one of the open submission people for FC FDC last year and so I think that that's good but it's like I think it creates this balance where then you're also experiencing a national selection that is so of the country Exactly. That is just reflective of what the people in that country are getting into. Exactly. Um, actually, on Twitter, I made a comment of a Benny Dorn first. Take, that should that should be the approach. Stop marketing Benny Dorn Fest as Eurovision. Make Eurovision a pl- a bonus, not the main focus. What they should market this. Also applies to other countries. And actually, but- you're, where you're going is right because I could see where maybe at the beginning they had to do it, but now you've got hits. There are like actual charting songs from from, ben- from Benidorm. So yeah, in theory, you could just say, this is just the way to get your music out to like us. Exactly. And look, we're, you know, Ay Mama has like over 50 million streams, if I'm not mistaken probably exaggerated that one but Nochentera has over 80 oh like no over 55 million streams and the song dropped december last year you want those numbers this is your platform yeah yeah that's how they need to market and also when it comes to the portugal approach um part of what spain is trying to do from what they spilled is related to that trying to attract songwriters you know Raiden is doing some advocacy on his side the other um, uh, people that TVE contracted to assess them in this process are kind of doing that type of advocacy if other broadcasters are willing to make an investment in local talent and tell them like hey this platform is for you to showcase your music you think you've got a hit Bring your best song over here. Eurovision is in a, it's a possibility and an added bonus. But if you want to have your next hit, we're going to make it happen for you. We're going to help. Yeah. You know, to I, make it happen. Yeah. That should be the approach for every national selection. But yeah. Well, but some national selections, like I will say for some folks, the music scene is is small there. Yes. So for them, they really maybe do need to have that Eurovision banner of like, this is your chance. Exactly. Um, you know, and so I, I do think some countries can do it. Okay, and then do you have like an honorable mention that you're like, because you did Spain, Italy, and Portugal. Yes. Do you have an honorable mention that you're like, yeah, I guess I'll be, and just, and be real with yourself. When it's the Saturday afternoon and you're like, you know, I don't really have anything to get into. Let me hop into it. So just, yeah. So if you got an honorable mention of a national selection you're looking forward to that you are checking for. 
Sverige Melodifestivalen. I, that's the other option. One of, there are years where I do follow it depending on who is on. Like in 2016, I'm a big Molly Sandin fan. I heavily followed that year. Heavily followed 2017 because of Loreen. And then that was it until the mom is in 2020. And then that was it. So you're you're going to make a return back to Mello this year? Depending on who is on. Okay, if- so you're waiting for the reveal of the bride. Because see, to me, this is the thing. I actually feel like the host country national selection years tend to be drier. Which I was almost kind of thinking, wouldn't they be more popping? Because it's like, at least you know the crowd is going to be feeling you. So, like, you might feel more comfortable. You'll, you'll maybe be performing at a venue you performed at before. So, maybe you're less, you know, you're less uncomfortable. But I don't know. I feel like for any of the people who are, like, competitive. Like, see, for me, if I'm a competitor, I ain't doing the year that we're hosting. I'm going a, I'm to a swallow my comfort level and I'm going to wait two more years and then come back because, you know, I'm going to want to win. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but, you know, but I feel like the years that our host country years tend to be drier. But here's the thing. I do remember Melody Festival in 2016. It was it was really good. Well, Mellow 2016. Yes. Melody Festival in 2016, I thought that was, was good. good. I didn't. But what one I was not cool with. Well, I shouldn't say cool with, because I was cool with it. It just was nowhere near like, oh, this is the one. And everyone, yes, yes. I'm like, he's not even singing. You're a vision for real. You're a vision for real, okay? I was like, he's not even singing, though. But this is the one. And honestly, you know, you're right. I'm wrong because the people were gobbling it up for years, streaming for years. It's one of the top streamed Eurovision songs i think it's still in the top 20 of like the top yeah top 20 like eurovision songs streamed ever i think it's in there so if i were sorry i'd give you all the glory if i was sorry and that was not a clip that was just me singing it because there is no singing it's just talking it's just yes (laughs) it's just talking it's just talking (laughs) okay we're being for real, y'all. This Your is vision for real. real. Your vision for real. We can't. We can't lie to you. We can't lie to you. <laughs> okay, can. so we talked about these national selections that we're checking for. I'm gonna tell you. So, do Your you top think three? Your top oh, three my top three. three? Yes. Uh, well, I can't do it in order, but I'll go through it real quick. I, like to me. For me to say Portugal, it's a given at this point. It's just yes. going to be the playlist that I know I'm going to listen to yes. the most. And I'm going to have the most tracks that I can just vibe to. Like, like honestly, FDC, I can put on put on in the car with other people. And they're not like, your vision again. <laughs> like, they don't even know. They're just like, oh, like, oh, like, I'm just grooving. I'm like, this is your vision. Like, but it's not. It's FDC. Um, I think for me, I'm, I, you know... I, I would be remiss if I didn't note, and everybody knows this, like, historically speaking, I used to, like, ride really, really hard for Estilao. Like, just, I used to ride for it, but then they, like, disappointed me so many times with how they picked that I just was, like, I'm just going to listen to the songs and kind of ignore the competition just because I just want to be excited 
for whatever wins. So I have been keeping up that trend like where last year I just I knew the songs that were in the running. I picked the song that I really, really liked from it. And I was bopping to it on my own independently. And so then when Alika won, I didn't feel no type of way. You know, I was like, I Estonia picked. But I will tell you, I my psychic and watch them not qualify just because I'm feeling it. Maybe my psychic itch is like opposite. My psychic itch just has me checking for Estonia this year. I do not know why. It could be I'm checking for them because maybe they're going to fail miserably. Or maybe I'm checking for them because they're really, really going to hit it out of the park. It, it could go either way. But there's something where it's like my psychic itch is just like you got to keep a keep an eye out. So I'm going to do it. When it comes to Estonia, my only complaint is they are too conservative when it comes to their picks. They go for the more mainstream looking or the most conservative looking song. And I remember 2017, they had a really good bop with Carly. They had a bop. Like that song. Uh, yeah. That song. I when I tell you, I still listen to it, not only listen to it, I will like pull up the YouTube video and just watch it. It was good. It was that good. Was great. It that was, was good. Great. They had the other song. I think um, uh, uh, Lily and I talked about this, but the song Seuss was also an like, and that one didn't win, and then they didn't qualify. That that was that was 2016, right? Uh, was it 2016? Yeah. No, that was 2016. Because then Yuri yeah. Yuri won play. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, missed opportunity, missed they, opportunity. Because I mean, honestly, that song, I'm, I'm going to be real with y'all because we're talking like kind of experimental music. I think Jamala would have still likely, I don't know though, because I think that would have pulled some points away Yes, from Jamala. Because same sort of experimental vibe, well, you know, well-executed sort of mysterious staging, you know, but just, you know, hindsight. Uh, I think the other place that I'm living is, you know, obviously UMK. And this is not off of the back of Katia. This is off of the back of UMK. They have just been doing it right. Since 2020, oh Finland has elevated the level of their national final. We've so years. great. We have four. To two so great. It's great. It's great. So great. I mean, and it's an enjoyable show to watch. Not in English. I'm not even watching it in English. And and the other thing that they did, um, Hello Language Justice, UMK, talking about stream English, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian. They had commentators dubbed in all of these languages. I'll tell you, that was UMK. That was Finland going, stop playing with us, Europe. We can do it. We've done it before. And I have said this multiple times, but always bears repeating. One of the best Eurovision intros of all time. Lordy, rising the ice monsters, rising through the cracked ice, going into Hard Rock Hallelujah. Are you kidding me? And that was years ago. Okay, they did that years ago. Imagine what they could put on for us now. I, I so, so want a finish eurovision soon i really really do just because the production level will be, will be good so good it will be so good it will be good period and period honestly i don't care if i go broke i go broke in the process but if finland goes to univision i will go 
I'll no, no, no. I have to, to I have to be there. Like, I have to be there. So, so obviously, I'm checking for UMK. And then, I, I mean, I mean, I, it's hard for me to say, like, because, yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm missing here, I said Estonia, I said Finland. Portugal. I said Portugal. I know those were my three. Yeah, and, I, I mean, mm. I mean, there. Obviously, I'm gonna be white. Well, and the other one, I guess, is Serbia. Okay, is Serbia. I, I just I enjoyed following the Serbian national selection last year. I felt like I do think they still have too many songs. I hope this year we trim it down. We also don't need to have two. Like, if you still want to have like three nights of programming, I think we could still work with you know maybe ten one night. 10 the other night and then we have a grand final of like i don't know seven dope songs or like uh, like 12 maybe or something like that like i just I, I i don't need all the songs that they had but i enjoyed my television viewing experience and i will also give a shout out poland actually had a good national selection as far as like i, I like the fact it was on a sunday there was no other competition. I didn't have was, to toggle it. It was good. I was able to watch it easily. And I enjoyed my na- I, I enjoyed watching that national selection. Obviously, people had issues with the results. But can you really be that mad? You qualified. So there and you go. She got it together. And y'all qualified. Not only that they qualified like third or fourth on a Televo oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. semifinal. Oh yeah. They yeah. were top ten in the final Televo too. So yeah. in in the end the diaspora said, Well, in the end, let's vote for the girl, let's root for her. And they voted like crazy. Yeah, th- voted enough. So I I do I do think, you know, Poland did some things. Um, you know, I just time wise and work wise I wanted to get into Albania this year, but I don't know how deeply I will be able to get into it. Because last year, I thought I was going to be able to follow it real closely. And then it snuck up on me. And I was like, oh, dang. Like, I've just, what happened? So I I don't even want to make promises. But I always, I will say this. I tend to like what Albania picks. So maybe that's another thing. Is like some national finals, I'm almost like, do what you're going to do. I'm going to like it. Albania is like that for me. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to like it. The only year I risked myself to deeply to kind of follow Feek was was for 2020. Oh, Um, okay. Elvana was robbed. They had a good, they had a bop in Maitana. They had it. That's right. We need something like that again. Well, but you know what they're going to tell you? They're going to be like, look, we tried to do it with Ronella. And we didn't qualify. And so, and and to be fair, you know, sometimes peop, ex, Eurovision expectancy is a real yes. thing. Is a real yes. thing. Now, okay, we're going to have to close out. But, you know, it's the Eurovision for Real podcast. So who do you think is going to have a flop national selection? Like the national selection is just, it's not going to give what it needs to give. And, and I don't mean this like, I'm saying this almost we're framing this constructively because it is the Eurovision for Real podcast. So yes, we want to keep it real, but we're also keeping it professional and we want people to do their best. So who do we need to put on notice to give us something we can work with? I'm thinking by probably Malta. Okay. 
at Malta. But the thing is, I think Malta picked right last year. I mean, they picked the right song though. I think But yeah, Mal- go on. I don't I, I won't I won't change your your answer, but go I on. think Malta needs more quality and less quantity. Cuz sometimes they do abuse on the quantity and forget the quality. It has happened way too many times. And I agree that they did pick a good song in 2023. On the, you know, the final results were unfortunate, but um, I think Malta needs to focus not. Oh, wait, hold on. You, you cut off a little bit. You said you think Malta needs to focus on what? Oh, now I can't hear you at all. Okay. So Malta, I'm I'm going to I'm going to talk about Malta. I think that Malta picked right. I think that Malta is in a rebuilding year. And 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 I I I think it's okay for them to be in a rebuilding year. You can't be coming with fire every year and get paid dust for it. You know, so I do feel like yeah, Malta just needs I I don't want to say well, this is the thing. Are we even positive that they're going to be doing a national selection this year. Hold on, let me look it up. There's a possibility. There's a possibility. So they, I mean, they probably will. They, you know, they typically do. They typically do. They typically do. I think, yeah, they need to work on the quality of the songs so they get. Sometimes less is more. Spain is a good example of that. Less is more and it mm-hmm. could work well. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm going to give Luxembourg or Vertonies a, 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 a vote of faith since they're coming back after such an extended tenure outside of Eurovision. Let's see how they work it out. The government is involved. A lot, you know, there is an effort that they want to come back in a bang and give us a show. So, whatever they do, to secure great, a great song, a great performer, and the possibility of a show, I will welcome it. And it's one of the first selections we're going to have once the new year comes in. So we can, we can see where they're going to bring us for their comeback. Yeah, I'm hopeful for Luxembourg. I think they're coming back with fire. I would say the national selection I'm most concern for or that I just feel like could end up being a flop hmm well it's hard because okay this is this is what I'm gonna say I want to I have faith in Ireland I want to give Ireland like I'm praying for Ireland so I think for me it's like no, I don't think it'll be a fl- And actually, quiet as it's kept, I didn't think that their national selection, at least the options that they had, were really that bad. Um, you know, they, they picked what they picked, but I didn't actually, like, studio cut-wise, I was like, no, there's, like, options here. I'd say the same thing for Germany. Like, I actually felt like I, another national selection I enjoyed watching. I, I enjoyed watching it. I felt like they had real options. And I would actually say what the German national selection did that, you know, Benidorm Fest didn't do was I actually felt better about the songs, some of the songs live than I did studio cut because the people actually were able to deliver it 
well on the stage, you know, good vocals and everything. So I felt like some of those songs even elevated um, from it. I'm going to tell you, I think who I might be checking for and giving a side eye to. I've been thinking, like, honestly, the obvious one is probably like San Marino, but that almost feels like a giveaway answer. Yes. <laughs> like, it almost feels like, well, you know, where's the momentum? The way that the national selection is sort of um, set up. I don't even know if it's really set up for them to get the best out of it. Uh, and then just the way that people then have to execute the pieces, it might not even showcase the songs best for Eurovision. So even some of the songs that could possibly elevate on the Eurovision stage, given the confines of what they have on the national selection. So, I mean, San Marino's, I probably won't watch. So I guess maybe that's my answer. Like, I'm just, I'm not even going to check for it. I will just wait uh, to see what they then give us as the final product. And maybe that's what I'm living in. But I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm kind of nervous about Supernova. I, I think that's what it is. Like, I just, I feel like, what does Latvia have to do? And I feel like I'm almost in a place where I'm like, I don't even think I know what would work for them. Because it just, like, because honestly, last year I didn't think was a bad song. I do think that they had some other songs that maybe could have cut through better. Like, I know that one song, Sway, by the band Inspo, like, they did not execute it well. The styling was not there in, in, in the show. But I do think that that song had a stronger hook. And I think that they could have elevated it on the Eurovision stage. So, you know, that's challenging. I would also say Patricia. I think Patricia's song actually could have maybe cut through at your, especially looking at the, the national, well, looking at the semifinal, I'm like, oh, you wouldn't have forgotten. Hush, hush, baby, don't you? You know, like, I, I think you could have, like, that one might have had more of a fighting chance. But I think even talking about those two other options, it might have still been an uphill battle for them. So I, I am worried for, because I just am like, I don't know where to go or where I would even advise Latvia to go. Because, I mean, they're going to do Supernova again. Yes, they're not they going to do. Just, they yeah. just announced it. They just announced. Yeah, they're going to do Supernova again. And that formula hasn't been working lately. And so it's really just. You know the thing, though? Latvia has one of the national selections where they do require, like, like they don't take outside songs. It has to be homegrown. Yes. And I, I think that that's admirable. Like, I like that for the most part. But to me, Latvia has so many talented vocalists and bands and, I, and creative people that I almost just wonder, like, Come on, can't like 25% of the right because it's just you've been doing homegrown for so long and it's not working for you. Like, I think it's admirable you try it, but if it continuously does not work, then maybe we need to think of how we can. And I don't want them just buying songs from like Sweden or like the Nordics. Like, that's not really my recommendation. But I do feel like come like I, I just I want to see it for them. like I just I just remembered like Latvia was in a place for me for a while where I was like they're doing like dope stuff and I just I don't like this tear that they're on of not qualifying I don't like it can, 
2017 and 2018 were good showcases of what Latvia could do, even if the results didn't uh, didn't follow through. But those two years were great. 2019 was super lovely and super classy. Love that song. Uh, 2020 was Samantha Tina. Unfortunately, didn't happen. She should have tried something different in 2021, but that's another story. I think 2021, I don't think the staging helped her. And I think that there were some vocal, I mean, she could sing, but I think there were vocal choices that maybe for the viewing public were not non-optimal. Yeah, it, Mm. it just didn't work. And then 2022... Uh, oh, 2022 was very gimmicky, very funny. Yeah. They tried something different. In 2023, was To be lovely. fair, 2022, they won me over. Like, yeah. they, because at first I was just kind of like, this is a joke. Like, <laughs> it is. Like, and they're, la- and I just, to me, the line is, are you, la- like, are you laughing at us or with us? And then I felt like they were laughing with us. Yes. So like I, I didn't feel like they were poking fun like at the contest. Like to me, and I'll I'll be real with you, and I stand by this. I think Tix was taking the piss. I think he was laughing at us with the with the with the chain, the whole thing you know, the whole thing. Like to me like that to me it was like I don't feel like you're laughing with us. Like I feel like you think like it's Eurovision, like so I'm gonna have the fur coat and like the gimmicky staging. I was like Come on, dude. Like, we don't need to do all that. I mean, and then the song itself to me was kind of a joke, too, because it just sounded like an sync, you know, B-side. Not yeah. even a B-side. It, it sounded like they wrote it for sync and they said, no. Let's give it to this other guy. See well, how or, Yeah, and then, and then 20 years later, it was like, oh, they didn't want this? I'll take it. No. <laughs> but... Everyone knows my long standing. Like, I just was like, no, like, yeah. I lived through, like, this, like, I, I don't mind, like, a, a 90s boy band moment. I will listen to Backstreet Boys now, okay? I will listen to the songs. To me, it was just even at that time frame, I would have still listened to this and been like, it's giving budget. Like, give me my Max Martin, you know, <laughs> production. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation, previewing the national selections. It's been a pleasure to be delusional for one episode. You know, you know, we love the little bit of dream. It's not Delulu. It's dreaming. dreaming. It's dreaming. We're dreaming together. All right. Thank you for joining. (laughs) 